Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. We are talking. We are singing. We are talking about singing. Yes, it's episode 184 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined, as ever, by the fandiferous Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Coming like a god into your room. Hello. Oh. Um, oh <laughs> I feel like there's a Scotty McCreary reference in there somewhere, and it's dirty, okay. and I, I, I can't <laughs> now get <there> exactly... <laughs> um, before we get started, we do want to say, um, as we've been mentioning for the last few weeks, that if you are in a position to join us on this podcast as a patron, we would so appreciate it. We have both been uh, directly affected by the impacts of the coronavirus with regard to our economic lives. Fortunately, not to our health, but to our economic lives. And uh, if you can in any way support us at patreon.com slash we would deeply appreciate it. You will also, when you go, become a patron. Get access to all kinds of things, bonus content, the ability to vote in our ranking episodes, and of course, you will get access to our Thursday night Mastus live stream happy hours, which are so much fun, and which uh, give us uh, something to do in these quarantined times. But of course, if you are and not... we get some hot goss. Oh my gosh, things. we've learned some amazing things about our listeners, some amazing stories. Cousin Shug is all I will say. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sign the NDA. Come join us. <laughs> um, but if you can't uh, join us as a patron, of course, we understand. And we still love having you here. And one of the reasons we love having you is because you make such great song requests. And this week's episode comes from a request that was made by our listener, Colby G. And uh, Sarah, do you want to tell us what Colby G directed us toward? Sure. Um, Colby G, if you are still out there, thank you. This uh, request... <laughs> You know, I we missed celebrating our fir- fourth birthday as a podcast, but um, that did happen a couple months ago. I um, cannot believe we're this, four years old. I know. We would be enrolled in preschool. Yeah, we'd have been in, enrolled in preschool. We'd probably be up to, um, you know, simple arithmetic by now. Ooh, and maybe like um, books with chapters. Ooh. I mean... I'm barely in books with chapters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so anyway, this uh, Colby, if you're still out there, thank you and thank you for your patience. We do keep all of your requests and suggestions. It just takes us a while, sometimes, to get around to them. And Colby suggested that we do, I think, anything by in excess. Yes. So I think that Mark and I each looked at two songs and then sort of threw them into our im window and it was like if there's an overlap that's our song and, and we each picked new sensation as one that we would want to talk about uh mark why was that one that you thought was going to be interesting to dig into i wonder actually the for me to answer that question we need to hear the clip uh because there's the, one of the things i love about the song i specifically put in the clip well then let's do that. Let's do Here it. Here it is. There really is no difference. Cry, baby, cry. 
One of the reasons, Sarah, I wanted to talk about this song is because not everybody can pull off a heavy, sexy sigh in the middle of a song, but Michael Hutchins sure as fuck could. This song to me is so just hot. In the the guitar yeah. line is hot. The drums are hot. Michael Hutchins' swaggering, cocksure performance is hot. The fact that the lyrics are saying basically, hey, don't go to sleep. Let's stay up all night having a new sensation. And then we'll sleep until the sun comes like a god into our room, as you said earlier. This is a song that smells like sex, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, I mean... <laughs> And you're having the sex in Uncle Popper's Playhouse, probably. <laughs> My first note is um, he, how hot he sounds. Like, even if you forget about what he looked like and his, like, considerable visual charisma, this and that his ability to sort of marshal that hotness and, like, control it at different tempos. Mm. um Never tear us apart is like, if you could distill the um, troubled boy pretending he's sadder than he is so he can get it in into a song, it's it's that song. <laughs> that it's like, you know what, I, I realize that I'm, I'm being manipulated, but I don't care because you're Michael Hutchins and you'll sing to me during and after. Also, um, do you know their song Disappear? Probably it's from the next album that had Suicide Blonde on it. Also, uh, okay, it's just a it's such a beautiful song, and it's the same thing. It's like the type of song that he sings when you're just waking up next to each other, and he's like maybe wants to have a little morning go round, and he sings that song to you, and you're like, great, I don't need coffee, or I won't even you don't even have to brush your teeth, Michael. Just sing to me this way. So yes, you're yeah. so right. Like, we don't actually even have to take our underwear off. Just move that to the set. Okay, oh, here my we go. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I really, parents, seriously, do, <laughs> do not listen to this, dear kids. It is not part of the recommended homeschool curriculum. Um, <laughs> unless you're obliged to. To teach sex ed as well. Um, going back to safe uh, rated PG ground, just to talk about when this album came out and sort of this, we're in yet another mass liminal space, I feel, in sort of 87, 88, where um, this particular album and this in excess sound has this like new wave energy to it from mm. like five years prior but mm -hmm. we're definitely coming out of that 80s sound and into an even more um like synth synthy sound but one that isn't examined or um purposeful if that makes any sense yeah so like it's the difference between prince manipulating um synthesizers and casios and whatever but having um purpose purpose in his instrumentation mm. to cnc music factory i mean no offense c or c or your or your factory which i'm sure is obeying union guidelines but it's 
it didn't that um synthetic quality didn't seem purposeful or um there didn't seem to be intent Mm -hmm. so i think that in excess was sort of on that on that hinge with this album where it's like there's still that um uh created sense about it but you could also tell that they knew they understood musicianship and they could play their instruments and then i think that was turning into like we were sort of transitioning away from that and then in a couple of years you end up at kind of this different um r&b place with pop music i mean i'm kind of talking out of my ass right now but i distinctly remember being in high school and feeling like this was like an actual band that was not made on a computer mm-hmm. except the parts that were mm-hmm. um so yeah and this song is like i still knew all the words i was shocked to learn that it only topped out at number three yeah I, I have always thought that nxs is a band whose their songs don't seem to match their chart peaks like their biggest hit was need you tonight which reached number one and i like need you tonight but in my lived experience new sensation was the much bigger hit like yeah it the need you tonight was not the number one new sensation was because i will i have such clear memories of seeing the music video with those crazy lights flashing all over their face and uh you know it's just it was always around um but anyway I completely agree with you about one of the things that is appealing about NXS, or at least this is how I'm interpreting what I just heard you say. They are so clearly like a band of real folks who are making music. And I think that also unlike Prince, they don't, I don't think that they have a real deeper message that they're trying to get across. I don't think that they Mm. are really trying to change politics or hearts. I think that they are. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't like, comparing in excess to oh no no i know more like uh yeah but like but at the same time they they're just like a good meat and potatoes rock band like they make good rock music and they have they inflect that rock music with alternative and synthy sounds so that they aren't they're not like um they're not they're not like uh fucking steve miller or something you know they're like they're just they're like a cool, edgy, they, they have a coolness and an edge and a sort of dangerous sex appeal. And they have influences of alt rock and synth rock so that they exist outside of the exact middle of the mainstream. But they're still just a band that's doing songs about sex. Like almost every single one of their hits is just about having sex. And they are sexy and they have fun and they party and they they typically sing about being awake all night and... That's just what they're here to do. And I respect rock bands that can do that well. And when NXS is on, like their good songs are really good. And, you know, not every band has to change the world. Not every band has to rewrite our understanding of what rock music can be. Like sometimes a band can just be like this. Yeah. Well, and also like that's what rock and roll is. Yeah. Like the rocking and the rolling does not refer to like cow tipping or <laughs> trying to get a car out of some mud. It's rocking and rolling of groins <laughs> together. Um, whether it's Scotty McCreary's or not, who could say? Actually, I could say, and I should really stop saying. But th- there is something um, not refreshing exactly, but it's like 
I think this is also perhaps um, not uniquely Australian, but like a way that Australian bands are more likely to be about being rock bands that they're like, yeah, we're like, we learned to play these instruments so that we could get free beer and get laid. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. But then I think about a band like Midnight Oil, which every song that they've ever sung is about the disaster of the environment. So I feel like right. in, in Australia, you just get people who, no matter what, it seems like Australian bands are just not going to apologize to you about what they're doing. They're like, yeah. I'm, j- yeah. yeah, you know what? We're a rock band that wants to have sex. Great. We're a rock well, band that the wants- other reason to be a rock band and they like Australians, at least in my experience, seem very responsive to Bruce Springsteen on this like New Jersey native level. (laughs) intensity. So apparently they sort of like, they respond to a straightforward delivery. That's it. Like whatever it's trying to do. They're like, we're here for it. Yeah. For that guy. So, and then, and then eventually that leads us to Goche somehow. So why not? (laughs) <laughs> i mean indeed <laughs> but i just really like uh like in excess is to me a great example of a band that i would never want to rank an entire album like rem is was a contemporary of this band rem's music is really after something there's a there's an extra level of complexity there and obviously we have ranked an rem album on this podcast but I'm not mad that I don't need to dig into an entire NXS album. I like them for what they are. A delivery mechanism for roughly 10 really great hits that make me happy. Well, it's kind of like the canon on one of my other podcasts, Extra Hot Great, where we recently did an all-canon episode. And uh, the British show Foils War was proposed and rejected. And it's like, look, I love that show, but this is not suitable for that discussion. Yes, exactly. Right? Like, that show has its purpose, and to be a peak or valley of the TV watching experience is the opposite of its purpose. The whole point of it is to soothe you with accents and vintage fashions and, the you know, being on the side of right in the Second Great War. So, fine. But, like, in excess, I think, is... Is like that, that it's like, I don't think we need to, and whatever, like we joke about our rankings having the force of law, but like, we're just having fun here and, you know, we're just talking here. No, no, we're not. I, I've I mean, drafted legislation. the force of law, but we try not to be too, you know, self-serious about It's on Cuomo's that. desk right now. <laughs> yeah. He's got a couple other things going on, but he's, he's going to get to it. Yes. Like, I'm confident. Albany will, um, will, uh, give us justice. But, like, an NXS album is, like, what is there? Like, that would be an extremely short ranking episode. Right. Because it's, like, there's not, like, I do associate it with being whatever, 14, but, like, how much do I want to talk about having been 14? Not that much. It sucked. I was glad to leave. Uh, (laughs) And... The songs are like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, you're bopping around. You c- you know Hutchins isn't wearing underwear. You have a couple thoughts about that, and then you go on with your day. Yep. And I think that, honestly, every, the, you've already articulated what there is to say. This is in excess being sexy in a faster tempo. This is yeah. in excess being temp- uh, sexy in a slower tempo. 
Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, Devil Inside. I mean, Devil Inside yeah. is a song about having sex with someone, but it's a little bit yeah. more sinister. Okay. What you need, what you need is a song about having sex with someone. It's faster. Yeah. Third place. Uh, meet you tonight. <laughs> the part of you I need is your vagina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like he I mean <laughs> pick a tempo. Hutchins is Hutchins is there for it. Um, it's like, oh, a waltz about fucking. On it. Great. Um, <laughs> on it, mate. I, I'm, who are some other bands or artists that are, you know what? I feel like, um, for me, Sheryl Crow often fits into this category. Like, Sheryl Crow is just out here making songs that are pretty good. Sometimes they're not great, but the, the good ones are very good. They don't really mm-hmm. ask that much of me. They bring me pleasure, and I don't need to rank an entire Cheryl Crow album. I, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy listening to her music. Yeah, and I'm. That's, that's like, about right. and I, I really mean that as a compliment. Like there, I would never put Cheryl Crow or NXS on an artist we don't like episode. <laughs> yeah, but but it's also like you know they. They do what they do, and it's not necessarily that complex. Yes, and it's not it's not necessary for a song or a catalog to have consistent complexity. But it's also not necessary to rank everything. I was gonna say like it's like the Thompson Twins, but actually, I would rank that one album of theirs. Yeah. Oh my God, Doctor Doctor alone. Or like I'm thinking about I mean, other I'm thinking yeah. about other genres too. Like I feel like one reason. Uh, for instance, uh, Selena Gomez, okay? She's released a lot of good songs, but Selena Gomez is just out here doing her job. I mean, I know that she has a lot of super fans who would disagree with me, but to me, it's like, yeah, you know what? That is a pleasant enough pop song, Selena. Thanks. And uh, sometimes yeah. you just need those people who deliver those songs. Yeah. Sean Mendez. Well, it's like the the infamous Tiny Tempa yeah. episode that was like nine minutes like, there's nothing wrong with our having a nine minute episode either but i was like yes this is fine b like low <laughs> exactly b, 83 <laughs> and Ooh. theme song like well okay in my school 83 would have been a c really yeah in my high school an a was 94 to 100 a b was 86 to 93 a c oh. was um 77 to wow, 80 nice grade deflation a c was 77 to 85 and a d was 76 down to uh 67 i think and then anything below 67 was a failure i cannot believe i am in my 40s and i still remember the way that my high school doled out grades i i don't want to think wow. too deeply about what that means i am really glad i didn't go to that high school but like in my mind, a ninety-four is an A minus to this day. No, that's a that is a hard A, black yeah. letter A. Yeah. Now ninety-three, because some teachers would give you that would give you the A at ninety-three, but not all of them. Mm. And the ones that didn't, you can believe that I was in front of their desks after class. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, like I, it, I, I have, I have, I really didn't realize because why would I have ever thought to ask until I got older that for many people a ninety was still an A, a oh, ninety. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
What I wouldn't and have given. There were a couple of math tests when I pulled an 89.5 and I was like, and it's good. <laughs> like arms up in the air in the field goal gesture. Like this is fucking calculus. I will take it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. man. This so, is how this is how not much more there is to say about NXS. Because instead I'm like, okay, grades. but when I was at my semi-rural public high school, I had to get my ass into a 94. Mm, yeah, that's, I mean... <sighs> And Green I do mean deflation. I never heard of that shit. And I do mean had to because, of course, a lot of my sense of self worth was was built around those A's, which is of uh, course yeah. why I still remember. <laughs> I hope that listeners, you were sitting down for the revelation that <laughs> both my co-host and I were <laughs> shameless grade grubbers, and this one still is. I'm polishing an apple on my sweater right now. I am currently mounting a defense about why I deserve one extra point on my semester average. <laughs> oh my god. That like that actually did happen on a Jane Eyre test where I broke the curve with a 98 and then my dad's like, "Where are the other two points?" I'm like, "Come here, I want to talk to you." <laughs> Come here. Like I already was like almost literally tarted feathered by the rest of the class who all wound up with C pluses even though they got like an 87. <laughs> Oops. Although, I guess at your school, that was a C plus. Yeah, it sure was. I'm oh. going to cut all this out in post, just so everyone knows. You don't have, I don't, I mean, perhaps some of it, yes. Perhaps <laughs> like, we've gone I got a C plus for you, it's this episode. Perhaps <laughs> some of, McGee. <laughs> perhaps some of it can be cut out. But to bring it back to NXS, <sighs> I know that we have to acknowledge, because people will wonder it, why we didn't, if we don't, Michael Hutchins died uh, in very tragic circumstances, but I think it is nice that when I listen to his music, of course I am aware of that. But unlike the Gin Blossoms, whom we talked about uh, before, who's had a, a member of the band that died under tragic circumstances, Ooh, I find yeah. it easier to divorce the memory of that tragedy in NXS uh, because the songs are so buoyant and exciting and full of joy and life. And uh, it's like easier to focus on what he was able to accomplish while he was alive. Yeah. The gin blossoms do have that sort of like Paul. Yeah. Over them a little bit. Once you know the circumstances, but um, when all their songs are about how sad they are. So it's like, yeah. And I mean, there is like, if you really go looking for it, you can find that like sort of obsessive heartbroken thread in NXS songs, but that's like pop music for you. Yes. One, there's also this hedonism running through all of their songs that clearly, if one wanted to, you could say that points to a tragic end. But well, and I think you can't also separate the role of substances from his demise. So, and there are some, and I don't, you may be familiar with the rumors around how he died and it's very tawdry. I don't even want to really discuss it, but, um, no, I don't either, but it's very tawdry and I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day though, NXS still gives me a kick, which is the name of the album that Uh the song is on. So that's, uh, obviously a nice tie in. Yeah. And you've got no kick. Kick. I certainly have no kick with kick. That's for sure. Um, now I'm thinking about who are some other artists, like R&B artists or hip-hop artists. Oh, I'll tell you what. I know a hip-hop artist who fits right into this NXS category. Flo Rida. I don't really have a ton to say about Flo Rida, but he's had a lot of songs that I really enjoy. All of his songs, literally every single song he's ever released is about being at the club uh-huh. in one way or another. 
But guess what? A lot of those songs are real fucking good, including the song Club Can't Handle Me, which was in one of the Step Up movies. And uh, I'm not mad. You know, give me a song about dropping it low, but do it at that level. I'm happy. So Flow Rida is the NXS of 2000s pop music. Yeah, I think that's about right. Or, um, <laughs> Done. Anne Marie. Yeah. That it's like, it takes you back to a certain time. You probably know the words. Do, do you need to sort of sit and think about why this was popular? Not really. 1980 was a time and place, and that's where she was a Viking. Yes. So <laughs> let's do it. And, you know, Anne Murray, like, again, perfect. This is, a, this is actually fa- fascinating to me because in the way that R.E.M. is not so distant from NXS, but also they have such a mythos around them. Anne Murray and the Carpenters are not so far apart, but the Carpenters yeah. have a mythos. Like, they're a group that, like, because of Karen Carpenter's tragic life, but also even at the time, she had this thing, this, like, extra thing that made her somehow more fascinating. And it's okay yeah. to not be Karen Carpenter and to be Anne Murray instead. Like, just, it's just, it's fine. In fact, Anne Murray still here. So, yeah. Right. But Anne Murray is not going to sing um, uh, the song top of the world and make you feel like what she's actually saying is i am tumbling from the top of the world to a like grisly bruisy demise yes yes that's exactly right it's a cheery fucking song and richard carpenter is like this is great right and she's like (laughs) well sure until we all die yeah oh karen (laughs) right right I mean, what a beautiful voice she had, but talk about Steeped in Rue. That was like some navy blue singing right there. God, at every song. It's so true. Uh, yeah. Captivating, compelling, and very, very sad. Always. Yeah. Always. Ooh. Okay. I'm now going to also nominate another one, Brandy. There's nothing really that special about Brandy, except that she's a crazy person. Actually, no, I have to take this back. Brandy's public persona is so fucking batshit that she is fascinating in a way yeah. that, like, she's batshit crazy. <laughs> but, okay, but when we talked about the um, argumentative duets a few episodes ago, yes, she's the one, like, that I was just, like, just listening to this, like, I am Team Monica. Like, Brandy is sort of, like, you know, very competent, and I'm sure has a lot to say, but in the universe of that song, I'm not particularly interested in her spirited defense of why she should be the one to bone Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> exactly. And yet it when always it always comes back to Sonny D. <laughs> and and yet when sitting up in my room comes on, I'm happy. So Yeah. Yeah. Never mad. Oh, actually But I, I also if that comes on, I don't need to sit up in my room and call you up and be like, what is it about this song? Like yeah, exactly. I don't really care what it is about the song. It's there, and then it ends. It's, it's that, fine. That's that smooth baby face sound. Fine. So mm-hmm. we have now, I think, pretty clearly positioned in excess in our cosmos. Um, and mm-hmm. Colby, thank you very much for the excellent suggestion. It was actually quite a treat uh, to listen to this song. And I will say, as I was taking a quarantine-approved walk around Central Park, I listened to quite a few in excess songs, and I wasn't sorry to hear any of them. Yeah. Uh, and listeners, we would love to hear from you both uh, request-wise, but also uh, in response to our sort of um, grand unifying in excess theory of songs <laughs> that are perfectly self-contained and not 
like not good ranking candidates, like non-canonical. So uh, you know where to reach us. Here comes that bumper that tells you how. And don't forget, we would love to hear from you on our voicemail. <gasps> That's that true. Is... That's 646-389-0-POP. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.